Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org A-Y. That's puredesire.org A-Y. You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. Hey, 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 I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and you are listening to episode 124 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here with me, as always, my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Staying alive, staying alive, ah, 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 staying alive. Different uh, key. I think a little bit like you did definitely didn't make the jump there to the falsetto. Well, that's asking a lot, Trevor. I mean, the Bee Gees, have you seen the mashup of that? I can't, I think they did. I think it was beat it. They did beat it with Michael Jackson and did a mashup with that song and music video. That's incredible. You should check it out. I, you know, I will consider that, but I, I, I brought up that topic because I know what we're going to cover in the podcast about parents. For a lot of us, we just want to get through our teenage years with our kids and, and have them be alive and us be alive. We're like yes. in survival mode. Totally. So staying alive in today's podcast is hopefully to take them to another level of, yes. of parenting. Yes. So a couple of quick things before we get to that. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do check us out on all the major platforms and look, give us a review. It helps other people find the podcast and really hopefully enter into their own journey of healing. Also follow us on social media. You can check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You just search at Pure Desire PDMI. And if you like to consume content uh, through video platform, also we have the full episodes on YouTube if you just search Pure Desire Ministries. And then lastly, Nick, we just see toward the end of the year, we really just want to push people to consider what would it look like for me to give healing and freedom to other people. And uh, really, we for that reason, we've created a financial giving campaign called Free People, Free People. Yeah, kind of playing off the idea that hurt people hurt people, that in our woundedness and brokenness, especially when we haven't processed those things, we have a way of perpetuating those cycles of brokenness. But when God brings freedom and he brings hope and healing, a big part of that healing journey is to pay it forward. And so we hope people pay it forward in their families. We hope they pay it forward to their local church. And as God leads them, we hope they'll pay it forward with us, that they'll be a part of this mission to bring hope and healing to so many more people. And, and we can't do what we do without support of people that are a part of that. And so whether it's a year-end gift because they're just looking at gratitude, God, thanks for what you've given me, now I'm going to pay it forward to others. 
or they want to become a recurring giver and and stay connected in that yep. way, uh, those financial gifts make a huge difference uh, to Pure Desire and those that we're able to impact. So we hope that people consider that being one of the ways at the end of the year here that they pay their healing forward to others. Yeah, absolutely. So go to puredesire.org slash free people if you are interested. All right. So staying alive, that theme, we sat down with Rodney and Tracy Wright, who um, are very alive and very energetic and we love them. And we talked about uh, Drumroll, their new book called How to Talk with Your Kids About Sex. Yeah. Super excited to have this resource coming out. And I I love when Rodney jokes that in high school, he was required to take English as a second language (laughs) and now he's an author. But I think that speaks to what this book is all about, that they're not professors. They're not quote unquote experts. They're just parents that made a lot of mistakes, but God has brought a lot of hope and healing into both their family journey and their personal journey. And the way they bring that into their story uh, really is awesome. So I've, you know, I've read the book. I think it's unique to yep. anything I've come across. Yep. And I think our conversation today will reveal why it really is a unique approach to how to create this conversation in your home. And they really do take a really scary topic for a lot of parents and make it really easy to understand and palatable and honestly enjoyable. So. Yeah. Well, and I think if you're not a parent, don't check out because what Rodney and Tracy will share has application, whether you're single, divorced, a grandparent, a lot of it is just about what do healthy human relationships look like. So uh, lean in, even if you don't have kids in the home right now. So you will enjoy this. So here is the episode. Rodney and Tracy Wright, you guys are here. We're super excited to have you. Rodney, we've had you. Uh, You're a speaker. You've been at events. You've been on the podcast before. Tracy, you're on staff now and we're Mm -hmm. excited to have you. This is your first time on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks yep. for having us. Tracy's the best part of us for sure. So you'll want her more. <laughs> we for sure. We agree. Yeah, we agree. Exact, definitely. Definitely. Exact. So um, we love you guys and that's why we have you on the podcast, but there's a special reason why. And uh, if you're not viewing this on YouTube or online, then you're not going to necessarily see it. But I am holding in my hand the new book Woo! that you guys have written yeah. called How to Talk with Your Kids About Sex. So uh, that is the title of this episode. So we're going to talk through the book, talk through you guys' story a little bit, and uh, really just convince people that they need this book in their lives. Because let's be honest, everybody needs to know how to better talk to their kids when it comes to the topic right. of Tools sex. can help us, right? Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Tools Absolutely. can help us. So um, let's just do this. Why? Let's just start right off the bat. Why is it so difficult for parents specifically to talk to their kids about sex? I, I think, Trevor, one of the reasons why it's so difficult is because n- not a lot of us got uh, excellent training or modeling yeah. from the generation ahead of us. And um, you, you only know what you know. So think about your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, especially maybe if they were in some kind of a religious organization. Even more so, it was difficult to talk about You know, sex is good, sex is mm-hmm. from God. Uh, we want to manage this gift in a healthy way and the language around that, mm-hmm. it wasn't always um, safe or welcomed yeah. or none of that was really modeled well. Mm-hmm. So I think why it's so difficult is because in our culture, maybe in our faith community uh, or in our home we grew up in, mm-hmm. there was just so much silence about the subject yeah. matter. And the conversation was really maybe something that was um, you know, given when you were 12 and you just had to sit down yeah. and endure that 30-minute conversation <laughs> thinking, Dad, are you okay? Dad, are you okay? Yeah. No, I just have to get through this, son, you know, Um, rather than just those short conversations that happened all through your life about something real natural, you know? So I think that's, 
I think that's why it's difficult for most yeah. of us. We just didn't see a lot of that modeled. Mm-hmm. There wasn't the culture that you're around. Yeah. Um, you know. And we don't really have very many settings where we actually talk about our sexuality in a healthy environment. So right. if you think about it, even sometimes as couples, we aren't good about talking about mm-hmm. it. So if we're not talking about it, our faith communities, we're not even, not even familiar with the conversation or being able to have those. And then we try to have that conversation at the awkward puberty age of our yeah. kids, you know, right. so. Well, it seems like there's a, a real challenge when we divide things. And I think this happens particularly in Christian homes and circles where there's things that are like of the world and then things that are faith-based or of the church. And, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of decades, it was, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, that that's of the world. Right. And we we just stay away from that. That's how we stay holy. But what we miss in that is that there's a whole bunch of sex and sexuality that is very divine and of God and yeah. a part of our spirituality right. that we kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater. And so right. in homes, I think parents might feel like, well, if I'm talking about sex, I'm leading my kids astray. It's like, yeah. no, you're you're guiding them towards godliness here. Right. right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I, I couldn't affirm that even more. In fact, we, we talk about that piece in the book, just yeah. about healthy versus unhealthy language that we would right. use, mm-hmm. as well as manage and mismanage. Yeah. Uh, and our sexuality, Nick, is it's a it's a integral part of how God made us. Yeah. And if you see it as uh, we're made in God's image, male and female, our male and femaleness is good. Yeah. And you start that as a premise, then I think that's a lot better way for our kids yeah. to be informed. Yeah. And I, it's what I love about being around pure desire. Uh, there's always healthy conversations around sexuality. Mm-hmm. So just uh, you know, if anything, watch these podcasts. Yeah. Get in a group, yeah, and because sure. I love because here is a great where we talk about our kids or something that right. you know that we're yeah. learning or trying to help. Yeah. And if you've been through group and you've done your own shame yeah. healing and right. you're, you're you're healed your woundedness and you're yeah. not afraid to talk about those things, then you want to learn. You know, right. yeah. and so that's the beauty of this book. Hopefully, it can be it can facilitate learning. For yeah. all of us, because, you know, it's the Christ in you that helps me learn something and in Nick and in the, it, it becomes yeah. that we can learn from one another on this subject matter. Yeah, it's great. So we know there is a lot of unhealthy sexuality in our world and we see it portrayed in media and a lot of uh, movies uh, and our kids are immersed in it. And, and we're seeing perhaps more than ever a growing divide between the culture that kids are immersed in having grown up with mm-hmm. smartphones in the digital age and what parents are aware of. I mean, I have a 15 year old daughter and she's mentioning bands or singers mm-hmm. that I'm like, who? And she'll be like, oh, dad, how, you know, <laughs> like, how could you not know this person that everyone in my world is just obsessed with? Which and, is why I hear the Jonas Brothers from your office now like yeah i'm just trying to and that's that's really the question i want to phil collins right yeah for sure i want to lead into how can parents better equip or educate Mm -hmm. themselves about the world and and the culture their kids are growing up in i mean do they have to be immersed in youth culture or what does it look like for a parent to connect with kids in what they're experiencing because it is different than what most of us as parents grew up with well we know that I mean, I think all of us are aware that we have an over-sexualized culture. So um, one of the upsides to technology is we have more access to share resources, to have tools. Um, So I think parents have maybe more than we had, even our our kids are grown. And this podcast is a great example, right? Mm -hmm. If you just listen to the podcast, you're going to learn so much about culture and kids and and what's out there. So go ahead, Trace. Yeah, exactly. So so we have more opportunities. And yet at the same time, on the flip side of that, our kids have earlier access to things that we want to would actually like to keep them from. So I think opening up the conversation is so important. Um, 
part of that is, and I I think about being a parent and just parent to parent, I what I wish somebody would have said to me or would say to me at this time if I was raising young kids. And that's just that the pornography industry is a multi-billion dollar industry, very targeted and, and focused. They're big business like Walmart and Starbucks, and they're sitting around looking at ways to get our kids exposed yeah. to it earlier. So it's not only free, easily accessible, mm-hmm. a click away for them, mm-hmm. drawing them in, but they're looking at and targeting our kids for that. Yeah. We're, we're really facing now with the pornography industry, what was happening with the smoking companies a mm-hmm. couple of decades ago, sure. yep. where they recognized yep. if we hook someone young and early, we've got a customer for life and we're going to make you know thousands of dollars right. off every customer. Yeah. And to recognize there's a pornography industry, last mm-hmm. number I'm hearing is 14 billion. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the direct yes. porn industry, not all the stuff that spins out of it and stuff that just gets shared for free, mm-hmm. but a $14 billion industry that's at the end of the day, they're not morally asking, mm-hmm. is it right or wrong? They're mm-hmm. just asking, how do we make more money? Right. Right. And if we can trap kids, if we can trap people young mm-hmm. we've, and we've got them for life, that's something, and not to scare parents with, but to create an awareness of, this is a very serious, real issue that I can't just hope my kids figure yeah. it out on their own right. Right. because that's really abandoning them, like you know, throwing a sheep to the wolves and hoping that they survive. Well, yeah. that's like one of the things that uh, in another resource that we have, Digital Natives, we talk about the internet and really mm-hmm. understanding it. Right. And it's one of those things where like we've, especially growing up, for me growing up, I was told to avoid sex, avoid pornography, all that stuff. And in reality, I didn't have people who are living in the world and in the culture enough right. and understood it enough right. to teach me what it looked like to be healthy, not just to avoid. Right. And so I think that's how, right. and I'm, as I'm thinking, because I've got a two and a half year old, um, I'm thinking about, look... I need to start equipping myself and educating myself on what the world's going to be like. Right. Not so that, um, not so that I, I just think that it's easy to be like, you know what, new generations, I'm just going to avoid it. There's right. this whole like, well, this is just what the millennials do with social media. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to engage in it. Kind of put your reality, head in the sand and hope totally, it goes away. Right. Yeah, it's not going away. It's not. And right. the thing is, is how can I help someone navigate the waters yeah. of life if I haven't been in it and swam around? Right. Like that for me is what I love about this book and what I love about the approach that we're taking yeah. Yeah. is you have to understand. You don't have to like... You don't have to go watch pornography to understand it. Or like, you don't have to be the most technical person no, in your family, right. which I'm not, not right? <laughs> but 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 we know that we, yeah. we know that technology is here. Totally. And so now we have to manage this, yeah. just like we manage our sleep, our food intake, right. uh, we manage our money, yeah. our time. Yeah. This this device is something else that we have to manage as well, and right. we have to kind of model that for our kids and yeah. teach that. And then when they are exposed to something, mom and dad, we want them to be the safest people in the room. Yeah. That I would go to my dad and say, hey, dad, look, I saw this on uh, my phone. Remember, it's that porn that we talked about. And you told me it damages my brain on the inside. And I wanted to let you know because the kid would feel safe. The daughter, the the son would feel safe instead of I'm not going to let my parent know that I looked at this. Totally. And so, you know, in the book, we really try to how to we, we talk about how to have a healthy uh, environment in your mm-hmm. home. Um, it's not just so much uh, here's what to say and not to say. Yeah. It's really about the culture yeah. uh, that you're creating in the home where the kid feels like yeah. my dad's growing, my mom's growing, they're learning about technology, mm-hmm. they're aware of what's out there, yeah. and they're also the, some of the safest people in the world because they right. have nothing but my best interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to so, me, yeah. that's yeah. so important because right. I didn't even perceive God had my best interest. <laughs> yeah. I thought God was going to catch me when I was a kid looking at porn and God was so mad at me Mm -hmm. and disgusted rather than God saying, Rodney, there's a better way. I want to show you this better way. 
but I won't force your will. Yeah. But I want you to know that I'm safe. Yeah. And so it, it, that this is why I'm just a real proponent for healing groups totally. and for being yeah. healthy individuals. Yeah. Um, I could talk for the next 35 hours. <laughs> totally. I'm yeah, going totally. to officially land that yeah. thought right yeah. here. This is self-discipline. Well, here's uh, so like, here's, this is, good. this is, I guess, maybe a summary statement, the way that I think about it, that the church historically has been very anti-culture. And a lot of that is just to protect ourselves mm-hmm. and sure. maintain holiness and pursuit Us of the versus Lord. them. Right. Right. And in reality, if you look at what Jesus did, Jesus yes. entered into culture and spoke yeah. to culture, Correct. which means he had to know culture. Correct. And so I think that... Like a big thing is like, is the church culturally relevant today? And the answer for a lot of churches is no, because they're not engaging it. They're trying to avoid it. So I think the same thing is true in the culture of the house. If you want to create a healthy culture, you have to engage the culture your kids are living in. Right. Right. We would agree. I think um, the parent should be the primary educator of your kids, but not every parent is going to be healthy. And so... I really just see the value of linking arms mm-hmm. with the schools, with the medical community. I think a lot of people are seeing that this is a public health crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Like smoking used to be. Yep. So they see that. So I think people ha- are wanting to move towards giving our kids good and healthy information. Yep. So if we link arms, yep. we we have the opportunity, first of all, to share what we want our kids right. to know, right? Share what what our belief system is, but then to also look at what what are yeah. the schools teaching and yeah. connecting with that? So let's talk about that. So yeah. how do we feel? Because a lot of parents, um, and, and I was blessed to not necessarily have this as my reality, but yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of parents are trusting the public school systems or the schools they go to, to educate them on sex, on what it looks like um, as far as like biologically what happens, but then also protection and understanding mm-hmm. the role of it in life. How do we feel about allowing yeah. the schools to educate our kids yeah. on sex? And sexual values, yeah. right? Not, yeah. just, not just biology, but values even. Right. First, I think um, only about half the states have mandated sex education, and then that's really inconsistent in what they're actually Mm -hmm. teaching. So most states, I think, have an opt-out system for parents. Mm -hmm. But when when you look at that, and the reason why the United States has it set up that way is because we can't all agree. Some parents want it to be Um, taught as abstinence and other parents have another agenda that they want taught. So um, I just think the most important thing is that we're figuring out what our school district is teaching and then we're having conversation with our kids. So even if they are sharing values that are different, I assure you that they're learning from their peers values that are different also. 100%. And so- Just um, by assimilation. It's, yeah, not like exactly. I'm, it's not like I care my perspectives on sex. It's just in conversation and the way right. people talk about it, right. it just comes out. But I th- yeah, I think one of the things the schools are are trying to do right is uh, uh, education system is start educating our kids at younger ages. Yeah. I think that's really mm-hmm. positive. Yeah, absolutely. I don't Beneficial. think that's negative. Right. I think yeah. that the church should say, my goodness, thank you. Yeah. And, and we're going to join that conversation at an early age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the things that um, is helpful for us. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want somebody else telling my kids about this. Well, who's going to tell them? Right. And and ha- yeah. how can we equip you mm-hmm. so you can start that conversation when they're learning about their elbows and their ears and their noses? Yep. They also learn about their penis and vagina, mm-hmm. male or female, mm-hmm. and they see all that in a healthy context yeah. that's really normal and normative. And family's the place where you talk about that. Absolutely. And then it's these you know, um, ongoing conversations that happen as they yeah. grow and develop in yeah. that regard. So, and, yeah. and preparing them really, like you said, Rodney, is about giving them that context. Yes. I, I 
liken this conversation or this question to what I'm seeing in our home with the evolution versus creation that mm-hmm. yeah. we grew up with our kids going to church with us mm-hmm. and reading the Bible together and understanding God as the creator of the world. And right. so when they get into grade school, even and in science, they start to talk about evolution. They come home with questions and we have great conversations about yes. why would someone believe that and what are the problems with that view and why do we believe that that's not how the world began and we see a creator. And right. so yeah. I've had with, especially my older uh, girls, really good conversations where I can see they understand a foundation that they're trying to fit where does evolution fit? And when they can ask those questions in freedom, yes. they they are arriving at their own conclusions like, yeah, that, yeah. that doesn't make sense. And, and they see God's goodness and his design. I think we want to do the same thing with sex, totally. that our kids are going to hear about it right. at school. There might be sex ed. But if they have a foundation of God's design and God's goodness and God's plan, then when they hear other things, they can come home and say, well, how, wait a minute, how does this fit? And they need that process of going through For sure. to come to the... Yeah the truth, whether, um, so that we don't just expect, well, I hope they'll figure it out on their own. We give them the foundation. And you're you're wise enough to just say, uh, you have a brain and I believe the way of God is the better way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to encourage you to think through this process, Nick. So you, you, so you come to that understanding of that this is the better way rather than you just better believe this because we're Christians. Right. And this is well, we're yeah. promoting self-discovery. Yes. Which right. is what your, our group, everything yes. is founded on And turn your brain on and engage in this yeah. process. Yep. And it's okay to yep. ask questions or even maybe question about what yeah. you believe about yeah. this. Yeah. Is it the better way? Why or why not? And, and I would say self-discovery with a foundation. Totally. Because there is a totally. view out there of self-discovery that's like, hey, whatever do, you feel. Yeah. Well, whatever. Sure. Totally. Sure, sure, sure. And, and we're not saying totally. that, we're, but we're saying yep. understand truth because you've wrestled with it yes. and see God's goodness. Right. And that's how they own it by yeah. wrestling with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So even yes. if we're guiding them yes. along, they're owning it yeah. by, yes. by looking at yeah. it. Yeah. So take us into the book a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. As you help parents in this process of having the conversations, what are some of the unexpected tips or advice that you're giving to parents about how to talk with their kids about sex? Well, unexpected, I, I think for me would be just this fun, uh, this foundational thought and peace for me. And I, I, I really think it comes out in all kinds of different chapters within the book is that um, we're made in God's image mm-hmm. and that our humanity is good and that our sexuality is good, mm-hmm. male and female. Yeah. And that the very act of intercourse, of creating life and mm-hmm. uh, having uh, orgasm and joy mm-hmm. and bonding to another person, yeah. that all derives from the heart of God. Totally. And so first of all, it's just unexpected is helping us dive in and mm-hmm. having a positive thoughts and concepts and convictions mm-hmm. about our human sexuality is good. Because I think that hasn't been the starting point for a lot of us. Um, it was typically for me, it was something I was wrestling with or fighting it because it was all lust-based rather than how to normalize our sexuality is good. And our sexual feelings, we can't always control, but mm-hmm. we can always control our behavior, mm-hmm. right? And so just that that framework sometimes is an unexpected um Mm. Um, a gift maybe that you can begin to read and see and maybe just offer another paradigm. Yep. You know, my famous line, it's always good to get kicked in the paradigm, right? <laughs> to, to, to have That's someone a offer a thought yeah. that might be a little different right. than you're used to hearing. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing is that um, uh, we, we talked about 
this uh, ongoing conversation and educating yourself mm-hmm. um, that there's a lot you can learn from other people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. we've we've uh, brought a lot yeah. of experts to the table or we quote a lot of people here that we've learned from yeah. and that mm-hmm. have given good language. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I think the other thing that may be unexpected is just practicing your communication. If you're not yeah. used to saying certain words, <laughs> then when, you know, it's like, dad, how come you're getting red in the face, right? Or <laughs> how come this is awkward? If you're not yeah. used to talking about erections right. or right. Uh, th- these aren't things that, and I tell just a, a lot of stories yeah. in the book yeah. a- about about <laughs> just language and how sometimes if it's unfamiliar to us, we're yeah. not even going to say yeah. that, like yeah. orgasm or erection yeah. or um, yeah. those yeah. would all be negative words. Yeah. If yeah. you can't use the name of the body parts, you're communicating to your kids. Yes. Those are awkward. That's off limits. Yeah. So right. yeah. we need to use the real words exactly. and, and right. help them see that's, that's normal. There's yeah. healthy views on these things For and sure. we don't need yeah. to act like it's this big, scary topic. Right, right. Yeah. In fact, I would recommend that a couple buy the book and mm-hmm. read a chapter out loud to each other, mm. out loud. So yeah. you, because sometimes even, totally. you know, we know that healthy couples in marriage, they can articulate and communicate their sexual needs and meet yep. the needs of their partner yep. because they're talking about it. Right. It's not, this just happened through osmosis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we learn how to become, totally. grow and be better lovers yeah. to one another. Yeah. And so if we're not used to communicating about these these things, mm-hmm. the, just reading books aloud. I mean, yeah. I, I, I took that from some psychologists years ago that I thought, man, that's brilliant because mm-hmm. we're not used to talking about these things. And so just the language piece is really, really helpful in that. And um, there's so many ways that you can learn. So I think keep keep pressing toward that. I think another unexpected piece might just be that um, parents learning. I think younger parents are learning this more, but that it's an ongoing conversation. It mm-hmm. isn't a puberty talk and a sex talk because that's what we're used to. Yeah. And so how do I integrate this ongoing conversation into just the way w- that we do life, into a whole bunch of little conversations yeah. and yeah. into more than even just sex, but that's about respect and that's about what does intimacy look like and what does real connection look like and being able to yeah. talk and, and walk through those different questions that our kids have. Yeah, and not waiting for that conversation. I think, right. I mean, like the purity weekend is a yeah. great concept, mm-hmm. but if you're just banking all right. of the, con- like when they get there, when we get there, when we, you're <laughs> yeah. going to try to open up 95 <laughs> yeah. doors all at once that oh, they're not really prepared right. for. Right, right, so right. at age appropriate yes. ways, yes. starting to introduce these themes and concepts and topics. Yeah. And then when you have a weekend yeah. away, that can be a great focal point, a connection with yeah. your kids. I mean, do that, yeah. but make sure you have good yep. lead in and follow up that it is ongoing. That's I so good. I think it used to be a checklist. Like, yeah, like well, okay, I got that done. Yeah. Got you that done. They turn 13. Yeah. We're good to go. It reminds me of a quote that I heard someone say the other day. I thought it was great. And Tracy will know who said it because I don't know who said it. So I'll probably take credit for it here in just a couple great, days. But great. it was like, <laughs> don't just have one talk for a hundred minutes, but have a hundred one minute talks it's all awesome. throughout their lifetime. So good. And I just thought, my goodness, that's yeah, wonderful. That was me. I texted. Yeah, that was you. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that was you. Uh, so anyway, but I mean, th- there you go. Yeah, just what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and I think another unexpected surprise would be that it isn't the kid that needs help as maybe as much as the parent. Hmm. And it's the only person I can yeah. change is the me. Right. That's the only one I can I can really change. Yeah. So if I give myself to health and growth, mm-hmm. and I keep becoming a student, and I'm vulnerable, and I'm humble, yeah. and I'm, yeah. I take the disposition of learning. Yeah. That's going to be a great gift that I pass on in my family and set the tone as yeah. as uh, uh, mom and dad. There's like a leadership um, principle that um, everyone wins when a leader gets better. 
Yep. And I think mm. that the same thing is true about the household. Like yeah. everyone in the household yes. gets better if a parent gets healthier, yes. uh, yes. educates themselves more, grows more. Um, so you guys are already talking about this, the, uh, this idea of not the one time, which yeah. for me was one time birds and the bees. That's it. Like yeah. I remember the first time I heard the F word out loud and I went home and I asked my mom and I mean, she'd be just, she would feel terrible about it. I don't blame her at all, but I remember I asked her and I said it out loud. What does this word mean? And she goes, Oh honey, don't use that word. And immediately it was like, okay, shame. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. And then we ended up having that conversation, the birds and the bees then. Right. So uh, let's talk about then why one-time conversation, like how detrimental is that? And why is it detrimental to a kid's understanding of sex? Well, I, I, I wouldn't know that it's detrimental in the sense of, I just don't think it's the better way. Yeah. So, I, so let's I, talk about that then. Well, why I, isn't I, it the better I, way? I think the better way is that um, as kids grow up in our homes, that home, the dinner table, this was a dinner table, that it becomes a safe place to learn and grow. And we don't we don't learn everything at once, right? I mean- uh, it, I wish we did. Right? I mean, <laughs> just the fact that we're doing a podcast here today, we, yeah. you started podcast one and now you're at 123 or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you've learned a lot in the mm. process. So the, the the education when it comes to our humanity, how we're wired, our sexuality, how we connect with people, right. it's pretty holistic. Yep. So it, you just don't get all that at once. Mm. And I think f- for us, the book is more about, again, a healthy family environment mm-hmm. than just this yeah. is all about sex. Yeah. It's all about this, you know, an act or how you're made. It's really a broader uh, perspective about the kind of home environment you're trying to create where learning and growing is a part of that. And that's, you know, that's why we're in school so long, because it takes a while for us to learn some things. <laughs> right. So that's that's what I would uh, say to that. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking back again to that early conversation because of exposure. So it's it's better that our our child hears from us in that appropriate way. And, and yeah. they even have books like that right now, like good pictures, bad pictures. Mm-hmm. So it's on their level to be able to give them a little bit of context yeah. and a little bit of framework so that when they are exposed to something, they they feel safe to come to their mm-hmm. parent and it's not as traumatizing to them. So mm-hmm. I think if we have that one-time conversation, it's generally more mm-hmm. at a, that adolescent age. The other... Uh, the other thinking behind that too for me is when they're younger, they're so much more impressionable. Um, they're like a sponge for everything that their parents totally. saying. Yeah. And so that is such a great time, such an opportunity to train them, even up through that pre-adolescence. And then they began to look more towards their peers and towards um, what culture is saying. Mm-hmm. And I think at that stage, we move a little bit more to, I want to stay in the conversation with you. I want to be a safe person that you come to. I want to remain in the conversation. So the younger years, the earlier start, and then all the way through adulthood. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're sexual beings from birth all the way through adulthood. So if we see that differently, and I think I grew up thinking, I didn't even know like sexuality, your own sexuality was a thing. I just, you know, you have puberty, and you have a sexual relationship yep. with your spouse. Yep. So to understand, I was a sexual being from the first time I, you know, took breath from my yep. conception. Yep. And I will be until I die, whether mm-hmm. I'm married, not married, yep. however old I am. Yeah. That If a parent has that understanding, they're going to be looking at it from a different yeah. way. And they're yeah. going to pick up on things that we would normally miss. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's interesting as you say that, Tracy, because I think about culture and how as, if kids turn to culture to learn and grow, culture doesn't judge them, especially mm-hmm. now. The, yeah. the attitude of culture is, you know, be you, do yeah. you, 100%. whatever you want. Yeah. It's, so yeah. that can be a stark contrast if they feel at home. It's, it is judgmental. It's critical and it's shameful. It's like, yeah. well, it's not safe. And, and, right. and that's, I think, what we're talking about here is how do we create a culture where our kids do feel like mom and dad are the safest people in the world, like yeah. you said, Rodney, because yeah. culture does feel safe. Me, yeah, I mean, there's there's people that judge and bully in culture too, but but as a whole, culture just accepts our views, mm-hmm. and and I think as parents, we need to think through that of how do my how can I make sure my kids know I love and accept them, even as we maybe have hard conversations. Yeah. Uh, so to maybe go in a little bit of a different direction for some of our listeners, um, this may be a challenging area because they feel like they've really messed up their sexuality. They feel like when they were a kid, they were just a mess, and they're on the journey now of getting healthy, but maybe they're in their thirties, forties, fifties, and they're looking at their kids, whether they're little or grown and thinking, I was so messed up and I'm only getting healthy now. What, what do I have to offer? Mm -hmm. So how would you encourage those parents to stay in the game and not think that they're disqualified because of their past? The first chapter in the book is pursue personal health. Mm -hmm. And part of that is just going back to that. If we're not healthy, it's hard to be able to um, share with our kids yeah. or to create that environment, that safe environment. I think that our kids can sense when we have shame. Um, they mm. pick up on those things. And so um, to me, that's about continuing to grow. So that's something that in our family we say a lot. Our kids will know that that's a theme of our family is to keep growing. We don't have it all figured out. None of us do still. Um, but we're we're on this continual path of growth. And so we point that because I think I've heard that from parents before. I messed up, so right. but boy, I hope my kids do better than I did. Yeah. You know, or you know, I wish I could help them, but I don't even know what to say because I I screwed that whole thing up. And so um to be able to know that I can go back and look at that yeah. and deal with my shame and be have a healthier way forward for them, um, it's just never too late to do that. And I would just simply add, Trace, because you said that really profound. That was great. But there's no such thing as a perfect parent. There's never been one, right? <laughs> right. So the reality is, is that we've all made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would, we'd all like do-overs. In fact, in the book, we write about some of our mistakes because yeah. we, we want parents to know you're not going to have time to make them all. So yeah. why don't you learn from some <laughs> wrong, right? But we also say, hey, here's some things that we picked up that we did right. Yeah. And so it's that balance mm-hmm. of that. And yeah. um, it's one of the things I love about, I'll just talk a little shout out to my mom and dad, you yeah. know, in 90 and 91. Yeah. But they, they've kept growing. And I mm, think that's such awesome. a beautiful trait. Yeah, you know, yes. I've watched my dad in his 70s and 80s just be a more loving, caring, compassionate person yeah. to my mother and the family and his vulnerability yeah. and his growth. Yeah. And I think, man, when I'm 80, you know, yeah. uh, I hope my kids are watching me mm-hmm. just still on that growth path totally. and still on that. Yeah. I want to, you know, continue to follow my, my faith and yeah. integrate uh, the ways of Christ into all my life. And um, when I n- know better, I want to do better and move down that road. So yeah. I just would say to that parent, I understand you. Mm-hmm. I understand wishing I could have it some do-overs. In the book, I talk about some of those do-overs I wish I could have, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But here's what I can do. I can say to my kids, you know what? I think I didn't do that right. And I can look at them and just own that Mm -hmm. and be vulnerable with my own, with my own mess up. And what I found is that, you know, our kids are adults, 22, 26, and 27, somewhere around in there. (laughs) And uh, don't ask me their birth dates, but they're right around in there. But I'm still their parent. I'm still their dad. And so I love when, 
one of my kids will call me when they're um, maybe making a mistake or yeah. on the on the backside yes. of something they did, and they're saying, "Dad, I need some help. Help me with this," mm-hmm. because they deem me as safe, yep. and they realize, "Oh, we can make mistakes in our home and learn right. and grow from them." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if, yeah. if you can get that yeah. at a younger age with your kids or grandkids, mm-hmm. and that's why I would I really encourage grandparents to buy the book because many of our grandparents are doing the raising of kids, mm-hmm. but then we can also, you know, buy a book for your for your younger kids yeah. and yeah. help them in that regard, yeah. just continue that growth and education. So this is something I love about you guys. And I think that, um, and I think that it's profound. I, th- I think it's not just to our kids, um, look at the mistakes that I made and don't make them. It's mm-hmm. also look at how I process and grow from my mistakes yes. that you need to pay attention yes, to. Yes, so yes. it's not just, you know, dad was, cause this is going to be a conversation I'm going to have with, with my kids. Right. It's like the idea mm-hmm. of, look, um, buddy, daddy struggled with pornography. I struggled with this, the struggle with sexual sin, but this is how I'm getting healthy. This is how I've processed it. These are the steps I'm taking to change, to get better. So it's not just like, Hey, so sorry that I did this or I freaked out at you, but also here's my plan to work on that. So it's allowing that process. Cause I think that in the moment we have a really innate sense of right and wrong. Have I done something wrong? Okay. Mm-hmm. That probably wasn't the best idea, but the the problem is, or the issue is not identifying right or wrong. It's how to make the change. And so I think that including in the process, which is something mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are always in process and you're yeah. always sharing that. So for you, it's just natural now in the culture of your yeah. home. And I think there's, it's just profound if you allow people to not only know right, wrong, but also process of getting better. Yeah. And also know their intrinsic worth. Yeah. And it all yeah. starts with our, in the process. Yes, like it's correct. okay to yeah. be. Yeah. Like you're valuable Finding and your them. value is not based on your behavior. Yes. Yeah. One of our last chapters really speak to that in this concept that we roll out called the value ring. And it's that it's it's that, you know, I won't spoiler alert, that but that whole story right? is worth the price of I'm the book. I'm just telling I promise you, it's, you. It's just saying yes. we want you to see your intrinsic worth yes. and then make moral decisions, all kinds of decisions based out of seeing your worth and value. Not here's the rules, try not to break them to get us mm-hmm. mad or God mad. This is about showing you the better way to live life. And so um, if you can just model that, and I, I just would love a kid to learn something at 10 and mm-hmm. they get the lesson at age 10, mm-hmm. then to have to learn it at 20 mm-hmm. or 30. Yeah. Yeah. Or I've had you know 76-year-olds in my group. You know, And I'm like, awesome. I'm so glad you're here now. 86 <laughs> is tough, right? You've heard me say that before. Yep. I'm glad you're getting a jump start on this. Yeah. But that's what we're trying to do. We're trying yeah. to... And the way you help the 10-year-old is by mom and dad having that kind yeah. of culture that they're setting and establishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this parents. is all about growing and learning. Yeah. yeah. You know? it, it makes me think that w- our kids don't need perfection. Our kids need connection. Yep. Mm-hmm. And connection comes from vulnerability yeah. and humility. And so yeah. if you're a parent that feels like you really messed yes. up, yeah. that's okay. Inappropriate ways, share that with your kids because they're going to suddenly feel through your vulnerability and humility. It's like, wow, mom's a real person. Dad's a real person. I can go to them. And I I know you and I have talked, Rodney, that with our dads, it felt like he was amazing and perfect. And how could I bring these faults up to him? (laughs) Because I didn't see Mm -hmm. that coming from him. So if we lead the way in that and create connection for our kids, it's not based on our performance or goodness anyway. So don't let your past faults uh, keep you from this connection with your kids. In fact, vulnerability done right is attractive. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's attractive. And so our, 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 our third chapter is foster connection. And Nick, what you know, you said it so well, because that's our greatest need is connection, right? We all want to fit in, whether it's a family, a work environment, a school, we're all a, a, a sports team, whatever. We're all trying to fit in, yeah. and so family should be the number one place where we say there's a seat at this table for you, yeah. and we, we you're valued. 
uh, individual here and we love you yeah. and they feel that intimate connection because that's what we're modeling for them is intimacy, mm-hmm. right? That's our greatest human need is intimacy yeah. into me, you see. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, these are the kind of things we talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of our biggest desires in the book, um, even as it progressed, is just that the parent has the equipping or the framework to be able to add on to whatever they already have. If they have Mm. nothing, if they have good things, but to be able to add on to that and look at the culture and be able, be a part of creating that culture Mm, in their family. And it's not a culture of just what I need to teach my kids Mm -hmm. now because I got it figured out, but we're creating a family where we all keep growing together. We're all working on our communication and continuing the conversation. And we're all learning how to deeply connect in a better way. And so that just would be our heart that um, people that read this book, that it would be a whole family systems, family norms. Yep. What are our unwritten and yep. written rules? And um, what, what are the things that we want to take with us? And what are the mm-hmm. things that we want to let go of? Because maybe yep. we brought them in from our family of origin yeah. and they don't need to go with us or they don't need to be passed on to our kids. And we, we say it sometimes like this, whatever you see to our kids, we say, whatever you see your mom and I in our marriage or the family that you grew up in, that's good and healthy take it with you yeah, and, and, and use it as a, as a foundational yeah. block to build <laughs> right. on. Yeah. But our dysfunction and <laughs> our craziness that isn't healthy, please leave it here with yes. us. Yeah. And you, we give you permission not to carry that on. Yeah. Now the, the, the sad part would be is if we wouldn't think, if we didn't think we had any dysfunction yeah. or that we were somehow perfect because no. of our religious belief or our vocation yeah. no. as a pastor, yeah. that we do things the right yeah. way. You know, that's our last name, right? So, you know, everything we must do is right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or because we're a Christian family, <laughs> yeah. that we do everything the Christian way. You know, uh, if you're in debt and you're not saving, that's not the Christian way. That's the unhealthy sure, way. Sure, totally. So it, it, it's not so much about Christianizing or mm-hmm. secularizing. It's just about what's healthy, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And if you have yeah. secrets and you can't feel safe to share those secrets, right. that's not healthy, right? So one of the things I think a lot of um, a lot of Christian kids walk out of the house carrying is yeah. shame yeah. around the topic of sex. And so uh, let's talk like a little bit practical. Right now, let's say there's a parent who, whether you're about to have a kid, you have a kid, or you know in the next couple of years that kid's going to be leaving your house. How can we be a part of taking shame out of the topic of sexuality? I say keep growing. Um, Keep growing as an individual. And then... um, Like educating yourself, reading, processing. What do you you mean by that growth? Well, what's coming to my mind is, is normalize and validate. And that's not normalizing... negative harmful behavior that's normalizing and validating the process just like we've been talking about we are we are all in process so being able to do that with your kids i think that's a part of it when i'm talking about being healthy um, that's about group that's about connection for ourselves so that we can pass that on so part of i mean in the book we created it so there's questions and applications so people can do it as a couple mm-hmm. or they can do it in a small group. Um, so because we learn from each other, we're learning around this table from each other. Yep. And it's not just Rodney and Tracy who have answers. It's we learn from people. We learn from people. We learn from people and we each learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think we can we can take from what's good and what's bad That's in the good. conversation. I, I like what Brene Brown says about shame. You know, she's written some wonderful stuff. And she's I think incredible. she's a great voice yeah. uh, for the world in this regards. But she talks about, you know, if you don't own your story, it traps you. 
uh, I won't give, it won't be a direct quote, but we have it in the book. But she says, when you own your story, um, you have a chance to write a brave new ending. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, I think one of the things of not, not passing on shame to your kids is that you probably still have some shame work to do in your own soul as a parent. So this is the power of community. It's the power of, of a confidential closed mm. uh, uh, betrayal and beyond group or seven pillar group or unraveled group or right. You know that when you do that soul work yeah. in your own soul, then you're not going to project that shame. You're going to say to your kid, Hey, where are you going? So you know, you say, dad, where are you going today? I'm going to my men's group, yeah. right? I'm going to go see my counselor yeah. today. Yep. Oh, okay. My dad goes and seeks help because that's what healthy people do. Totally. And you're already lowering shame yeah. about those areas of their life that maybe they feel uncomfortable with or, um, yeah. you know, I've made some mistakes in these areas. And when you get out there and if you get stuck, I want you to know you can call me, yeah. you know? So I think that's really important. And this is not just about sex. It's about all kinds of areas in life, yeah. totally. right? Yeah. Uh, that it transcends all that. Yeah. So a, a follow-up question to that, a lot of kids, you know, with the shame, it, the shame comes from that performance mentality of I've got to live up to mom and dad's standard. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I want to be the good boy or the good girl. I want to do right, not wrong. And if I do wrong, I feel shame. And, and what you're talking about is changing that culture to be more growth-based and health-based. So uh, again, what kind of practical advice, like how could parents start making that shift? Because I think it's human nature. We're trying to teach our kids right from wrong and yeah. don't do that. Shame mm -hmm. on you. We maybe even have heard ourselves say those words. Mm -hmm. and, and we're naturally kind of in that do the right thing, don't do the wrong thing. But how do we shift the focus more towards health and growth? Yeah. Well, that was the heart behind our book. A couple of our chapters are like, you know, train and guide, don't shame and punish. Hmm. And so realizing there's a difference between we talk about discipline and consequences versus punishment. So having a mindset that's redemptive. Hmm. Um, this is, uh, you know, we start talking about scripture and theology that, you know, we can divide this a lot. But I, I see the heart of God as redemptive more than punitive. Absolutely. So for me, totally. I, I yes. see the judgment of God as not saying, well, I'm pissed. Those kids down there on earth, right? right, Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's just ready to get us. Yeah. I see the heart of God revealed in Christ to be very redemptive. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus met sexually broken people, yeah. we see it in scripture that the heart of God through Christ was redemptive. Where are those who condemn you? Neither do I. Yeah. Now go and sin no more. Yeah. It was it was the elevation of their worth and value. Yeah. And it was more about focusing on their growth and guiding mm -hmm. them than just to focus on don't do that bad behavior. You're going to get condemned for that. And so, and, and then the whole just focus on growth, not perfection is that mistakes are a part of our learning in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that's so key. And I'm not talking about mistakes necessarily equaling sin necessarily, yeah. but just mistakes, right? right? Uh, like not, I didn't actively pursue this knowing it was wrong. I stepped into this not knowing what I was doing and it ended up maybe yeah, being wrong. I clicked onto something and yeah. it shot this dopamine in my right. brain and I'm hooked. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like I had this evil intent of yeah, my heart. Good. Like I'm going to, I'm only four, but <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see if there's porn in the world. Right. Totally. You know, I yes. got the spirit of lust on me. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? And <laughs> four year olds, yeah, here I go, you know, yeah. get the M&Ms. It could be a long day. You know, it's not that kind of thing. <laughs> They're just kids. And if they make a mistake, yeah. we want to be able to help guide totally. them. Totally. Um, yes. You know, I, I'm, I, there's a lot of stories I put in the book about that, but one of them that just comes to my mind is, um, you have to read it in the book. How about that? There you I'll go. There you the go. I'm showing self-discipline, right? That's really good. I think part of it is looking at our core beliefs and that's what you do in any kind of recovery yes. work. So yeah. um, if someone's listening and they haven't figured out that we're all in recovery, um, that you can do some of your own recovery work. So like you 
you were saying, Nick, if you see that in my family, mm-hmm. we um, we seem to be shaming. We seem to expect perfection. And a lot of times that comes from if we had a parent that expected perfection and then we expect it of ourselves and we can pass that on and expect it of our kids. So if you, you are seeing that it's, it's taking a look at some of our belief systems. And in the book, we, we do try to challenge, um, some of our family and our religious norms that we have, we, that we take on. So challenging some of that, mm, think that's, about that's that. Good. And yeah. how might I need to correct that? And then who do I have around me? Because if all I have is me, I'm isolated in my mind. Yeah. I, you know, things can sound good in my brain, but yeah. I need people around right. me that reflect yeah. back to me yep. what they see and what's going on in, in my world and in my family. So where do I have those people around me that are reflecting that back? And mm-hmm. then... Where am I challenging that belief? And then taking those steps, just like we do yeah. in anything else that we want to change, yep. taking those steps over a period of time yeah. where we change that slowly. And I think you begin to see that. If you if you are intentional and you begin to see to be looking for shame messages, you yeah. hear it when it comes out of your mouth. And maybe you don't catch it the first time, but maybe you catch it as you go down the road and you get better at it. We What we do in our family right now is not most definitely where we did not start. Um, but we keep changing things as we see them, as we catch it, as we say, something about this doesn't sit right with me. This is maybe how I was raised or this is how I, what my belief Mm -hmm. system was, but something about this doesn't seem like the way of love. doesn't seem like a Christ-centered way. Yeah. So great to remind us that it's a process, that this isn't just a snap your fingers, change your culture over and done thing. Right. You might in a moment make the decision to change your focus, but Mm -hmm. actually making that transition as a family is a process of growth and learning and conversations and missteps and backtracking and mm-hmm. offering apologies and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And like, yep. it's that focus of continuing to walk it out is what yep. I hear you saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's grace and there's truth and there's guidance along the way. Totally. And so it's not like, well, I read the book. I got all that figured out now. Yeah. It's, it's not like that. Yeah. yeah. It's right. like, wow, this is encouraging me to continue to grow, to yeah. continue to learn. Yeah. This has helped me to think. And I love what Tracy said about we're all uh, in need of recovery. And in our churches, we just think, you know, we have a recovery ministry for people who need recovery. And the reality is we're all addicted to our way of thinking. It's sin. It's the universal problem that has affected all of us, like a disease to be healed. And so whether you were raised in a strict religious home or no faith whatsoever, Mm -hmm. we're all susceptible to our Mm -hmm. stinking thinking. And... um, so being aware of that totally. and identifying that is how we're going to move forward. And we, we learn best in community. We grow in community. Yeah. We're made for community. Yeah. And um, one of the things we say that uh, Tracy, uh, some some great thoughts just about having um, takeaways at the end of each chapter mm-hmm. and then group questions. So we would recommend that you could take this book and mm-hmm. do it as a group study for couples. Yep. Now, to me, that would be a, a wonderful for some really good dynamic learning because you're all going to bring your history. You're going to bring your education. Mm-hmm. You're going to bring how you learned, what worked, yep. what didn't work. And that collective uh, um, tribal wisdom, so to speak, yeah. is how we all we all get better. You know, we learn. Um, so if you haven't, listener, viewer, been convinced to buy this book, uh, we're going to give you the opportunity now, Rodney and Tracy, why should people buy this book? Why do they need it in their lives? Well, I mean, I, listen. <laughs> so many reasons. <laughs> I made so many mistakes as a young kid and had so much shame wrapped around my sexuality. I was damaged goods. 
And I believed the lie for many, many years. And uh, I projected some of that shame even onto my own kids. And I thank God for people and resources that continue to move us down the road of healing. Mm. And for me, you know, if somebody gets the book and it helps a dad to move forward to getting his own health or a mom or helps a kid hear something that doesn't create shame, but puts that kid on a whole nother trajectory toward a different direction, Nick. And that kid marries another, uh, 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 another individual and, and a husband and wife marry, and they start having kids with a completely different framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's to me, it's all about mm-hmm. the next generation. Yes. It's about paying it forward. Yeah. And for me, I just want to say, you know, again, here's some of my challenges and here's where this whole arena was so difficult for me growing up. I take full responsibility for my actions and my choices. I've found grace for myself. And I just now want to say, hey, why wouldn't we share some of that to help some other people down the road so that our kids and our grandkids can be better people because of that. So for me, that's, um, you know, that's why I'm all for getting the resource in as many hands as we can. I think one of the biggest things in anything I do in life is um, to know I'm not alone, to let other people know Mm. they're not alone. So when I think of this book, I'm like, this is an opportunity, another opportunity to know that you're not alone. All of us that are parents are um, walking this road together, trying to figure it out, trying to do the best that we can with what we've got Mm. and improve on that. And so it's an opportunity to grow Take on another perspective. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I took English as a second language in college. (laughs) And now I'm an author of a book with my wife, Tracy. God (laughs) can do anything. It's a miracle. It's It's a miracle. It's nothing short of a miracle. So like they said, grab the book. It's available now at puredesire.org slash kids. You can grab it. And as you guys talked about, it's something you can do with other couples, with the community of people. You can engage this topic. But really what we're after is changing the culture in the home. For changing sure. the culture in the home, dropping shame off this yeah. topic. And really what we're doing is, like you said, we're creating this new trajectory for our kids yeah. and their lives will be different because of it. And so, uh, listen, it's truthful. It's practical. Rodney alludes to many stories you guys tell, which are excellent stories. Yeah. Um, and there really is no reason not to pick up this resource. Yeah. If it's not for you, educate yourself, yeah. understand how to help other people talk to their kids, create this culture in their home. And I think also we tackle some difficult subjects. How do you talk to your kid yep. about masturbation? Yep. What, what are the different thoughts yeah. within Christendom on that? You know, I just, we, it's, it's not like we're shying away from this and yeah. it's just about theory. Yeah. We're trying mm-hmm. to dive in and give some, give some yeah. tools that really, and yeah. language to really help articulate what do you believe and why. Yeah. And then the other thing is, as an organization, Pure Desire, I mean, we really want to help churches and resource parents. And mm-hmm. so I know our heart is to come to churches yeah. and to do yeah. parent training. Bring these guys in. Yeah. yeah. And I think We'd just, love to have you do that. And, and yep. I think there's a lot of the Pure Desire team that can, yep. that is able yep. to come really help us because yep. I love what Ted and Diane have started with the healing ministry here to bring healing to our souls. But I, it's just beautiful to see this next wave coming yep. of let's be proactive totally. and to, to see our yep. organization really say, yep. hey, let's help help the kid that's not even um, yeah. right. not even maybe even born yet yeah. but they're going to be fruit of what's been started mm-hmm. here 15 years Amen. ago. Amen. So whether you're a grandparent, you're married, you have kids, you're single, get this book. It's going to be helpful for you. Guys, uh, thank you for writing it, being willing to share, pushing into your own recovery and your own health and for being with us today. Appreciate it. Uh, nice to see you again, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> As Brady would say. Yeah. Thank you guys very much.
Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We we are the last person and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that I think is my favorite part about these resources. 